Hello and welcome back to another edition of A Trip Down Vicarage Road, the Watford podcast which aims to speak to former players, coaches and managers about their time at Vicarage Road. I'm your host Bradley Hayden, a freelance sports journalist, but most importantly a massive Watford fan. Sorry for the delay in recording another podcast while we try and sort out future guests but we're back and this week I'm pleased to say that we're joined by a midfielder who joined Watford from Cambridge United in 1997. He was a part of the side which of course beat Bolton at Wembley to secure promotion to the Premier League in May 1999 and this player went on to make over 280 appearances across seven years with the Golden Boys. I'm of course talking about the legend that is Micah Hyde. In this week's podcast, we talk about Micah's role at QPR at present. We talk about how he moved to Watford in the first place, playing under Graham Taylor. Reflect on that massive win over Bolton, of course. And finally, we also take a look at his thoughts on the current Watford side. Uh, So sit back. I hope you enjoy this podcast. And here's my chat with Micah Hyde. So, joined by the legend that is Micah Hyde, who made over 280 appearances uh, across uh, seven years with Watford. Uh, Micah, thanks so much for joining me. Um, first of all, I understand that you're now doing bits and pieces for QPR. So, could That's you give correct. us a bit of an insight into to what you're doing there at the moment? Oh, well, basically, I'm the multi-port youth and the community officer. So, basically, I, I deliver programmes and oversee programmes to empower youth, basically. Um, with my experience, I create programmes, various programmes, not just football. So, it could be any kind of programme just to empower our youth within the community and give them an outlet to exert their energy, basically. Brilliant. That sounds amazing. But Watford fans, are, of course, will, will remember you from, from your time at Vicarage Road. So many good memories there. Mm-hmm. How, do, how do you reflect at your time at Watford and, and how much does, that, does the club mean to you? Uh, the club, uh, I don't think it's any secret to know, the club's very deep in my heart. Um, my spirit there was, was one of positivity and pleasure to be honest with you even when we got really premiership, that was probably the other sad point in my 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 time there that i thought personally but um, other than that the whole seven years was brilliant brilliant learning curve and it was extraordinary to work with some extraordinary people very good people and you and you joined watford from cambridge in, in 1997 what did you mm-hmm. know about the club then and what persuaded you to, you to move to watford when I was at Cambridge, I think at the time there was a few clubs that was interested in me at Cambridge. Watford was one of them, and it was my intention uh, with my agent, mainly me and my, my, my parents really, and the, and the club Cambridge. I said to them uh, that I would go and have a look at all of these clubs before I make a decision. Watford was the first one that I went to see. Um, I was going to go and see two or three after that. Obviously, go down and have a talk to them as you do. And they invited me in. Watford invited me in, so I went down to Watford. And after the week with Watford, I, I didn't want to go anywhere else. I just decided it was it was the place for me. And luckily enough, it was a good decision, the right decision, I suppose. Just I felt very welcome um, from from the time I met Graham and everyone else in the staff. I just I just felt it was the right 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 place for me, and I didn't go anywhere else. I just ended up signing for Watford. So yeah, I think from that week, it just continued into seven years. So it was good. And and your first season didn't go too badly whatsoever. Your first game was was actually a 1-0 win over for Burnley. Did yeah. you know then when when you joined the club that it, it was a special team and that you had a special manager in charge in, in Graham Taylor? Not really, to be honest with you. I knew Graham Taylor, but I didn't know Watford. I know what I knew of Watford, like you know of other teams, but I didn't realise how 
how special it was as far as unity and then the team spirit and the the atmosphere that Graham had created. It, it was it was one where we we fought for each other and yeah, I I, I learned to be honest with you, not learned to fight for each other, but I learned the the history of and the chemistry that that was created at Watford under Graham. To be fair. And when we're on Graham, he'll, he'll go down his history as, as Watford's greatest ever manager. They've got Stan named after him down there now. What lasting impact did he have on you and your career? He was hands on with me as far as not hands on as hands on. He, he was he was like a farmer feeder for me. To be fair, football football was concerned. We had a, a, a I, well, I felt we had a, a kind of a, a deep really bond or respect, probably the word is respect. Like he probably would have had with most players that he's come across that he had managed over the years. So I don't think I'm unique. I think he's just a person that creates that kind of unique bond with him and players. And I, I think I was fortunate, not just me alone, like I said, but I think I was fortunate to be indebted to him and the way that he conducted himself and the way he, that he spoke to me and the way that he 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 gave us the, the, the willpower and belief and insight to win, to be honest with you. He was very much uh, more of a psychological manager than a, a practical manager or a physical manager on the pitch. It was more of a, a psychological manager where he talked to you and give you the information that you needed to do to go and progress and develop yourself and become better and beat the opposition. Where you got a lot of coaches maybe that are good enough on the pitch. Graham wasn't really like that. So, And for me, um, with my background, I was very much into that mind over matter and willpower and you know, being better than someone else and believing how good you can be. And Graham just brought that out tenfold. So, yeah, for me, it was it was terrific. And and now, obviously, you 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 moved on to a career after football. Would yeah. you say what Graham has taught you those those values that he that he instilled in you has that had a lasting impact? And is that what you're trying to pass on to those young kids at QPR now as well? Absolutely. From every manager that I've played under, you take you take the bits that you want to take and you and you learn. Yeah, so you you know you learn with Graham. I learned a lot and I took a lot, if that makes sense. And you got other managers that you see what they do and you can compare. You can compare things that you do in life, as, as, as everyone does. You compare, you got one car you and you got another car, you can compare them to your car. It's just the same as having a manager. So with Graham, Graham was one of the managers that I, I have in high esteem. There's a lot of what Graham taught me that I've taken on into my, progressed into my career after football, playing football, I mean, and into, into the, the footballing industry that I've been involved in, luckily enough, since I've stopped playing. And that's, that's Graham, patience, and respect, calmness. Because Graham doesn't really want to shout and scream. I think in seven years I was with him, he only shouted and screamed maybe no more than a handful of times. Um, maybe twice he really, really let go. But in my time, I'm talking about. But um, generally, he was a calm person and a very thoughtful person. So I've taken that into my into my into my career basically mm. and you see now at Watford they've now got a statue outside the ground of him mm. the owners what, what a lot have changed off the pitch in recent seasons the owners still hold Graham in such high regard they're always talking about him in in the media and in the press and all, the, all these fans events that they do as well how pleased are you that the core values that Graham instilled in Watford is being carried on by the club to this day and that club is still so so fantastic in the community as well yeah, I, I hope it continues because I think he lost his way a little bit, um, the club. And I, I, I was, they did, they lost their way a little bit uh, the last, I don't know, last four or five years. But now it seems to me that it's going back to the, the fundamentals what makes Watford Watford. Mm. And that is that the spirit, um, tradition, the core values that there was still, while I was there anyway, in the seven years I was there, there was a core value of how, how the club was firmly orientated. Now, I've heard some disgruntled fans talk about it's going away and it's become more of a business but it's going to go away if success brings that so I, I don't mind that you know if 
if the club stays in the Premiership forever, fantastic. There's going to be that sort of eliteness because it should be because they're in the Premiership. So there's going to be that sort of disconnection maybe at times. But now that I see, especially last season with the cup run and so on and so forth, and the season they had, the community is really back how it how it should be. And the fact that they've got Grand Taylor statue outside and they're, they're talking about him in the terms they should be talking about him. It's certainly going to bode well for the club going forward. Mm. Um, so we, we have to, there's a balance, you know. You know it's definitely going to be, uh, it should definitely be at the core of the, the community, the club, like it was when I was there. It was very much part of the community. Um, you've got people coming in, foreign owners, maybe they don't understand that, which is fine because they come from a different community because that's it's acceptable. You know, we're all different, so that's fine. Um, but the fact that they're going back to to what the core is and the core values, for me, is fantastic because we can still be successful and still retain our core values. And I, I thought for a, a while ago that we kind of lost that aspect. And it's really, like I said, it's really pleasing to see it back and it's really pleasing that they're in the Premiership. And I hope they stay in there because with that delete, the fact that you're in the Premiership, you're gonna, it's going to be more like a business than it should be because we're at the top end, of, top end of football, they're in the top pyramid. That's what we want them to be. Mm. Yeah, I'm just glad that they've got got that core feeling back into the club. That's good. Absolutely. We mentioned yeah. earlier your first season at Watford couldn't have gone too much better. Obviously, winning the league, which would now have been League League One, I think. Mm-hmm. How much? How how fantastic was that for you in your first season at the club? And in the summer after that, did, did was there a feeling on the squad that they could go straight through the next division as well? Uh, one word, yes. <laughs> That's the only word I can describe it. Reflection is uh, the. Reflection is a powerful thing because you can reflect on what we did. But when we were doing it, even the first season we got, got promoted and all that, it didn't seem like it was anything abnormal to me. And the group, to be fair, that's why we probably went and had a good success going forward off the back of that success. It didn't seem like it was a, a, a an outrageous thing to do or beyond our means. It just said, well, like, that's what we should be doing. You know, that's, 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 what that's, what, that's what we're happy to do. And that's what we did. That's what it felt like at the time. So only now when we, we reflect and you go back and you have the anniversary after 20 years of getting to the Premiership, all the memories and all the thoughts, they really come up and you really can reflect on, wow, we, we did okay in that period, that, that, that period we played together, we did okay. But at the time, we just did it. There's none of this, there was no high-fiving and all that. Obviously, we celebrated, but there were no talking about it when the season started again. We got back to work. And that was a good thing under Graham. Yeah. That's, that's again, again, testament to Graham. Mm. We never sat on our laurels, we went out, done our job, we got promoted, and the next, the next season was to go and do the same thing again. Uh, that's again a testament to Graham. Not many managers can rally teams to do that. Uh, they played on the managers. Not many managers can back to back and keep the team winning and, and and have that momentum going. There's not many, and and also with new players coming in and out of the team as well. Mm. But Graham had had obviously got the talent to do that. He was he was a top manager and he he created the platform for us to go and do that. So like I said, at the time he was doing it, it felt like it was normal. To be honest, it didn't feel like we. Were, we was the champions of the league or anything. We was, obviously, but I didn't feel like we was exceptionally great. We just understood that we need to go and try and do it again the next season. And we, we tried. Mm. And and that following season, you obviously scored a couple of important goals in, in the running as we, as we built into the playoffs. One of those was a, an absolute screamer against Bolton, which came just a, a couple of days after your, your son was born, I believe. Yeah, it was, yeah. So that was a timing was very good. And uh, the celebration that followed wasn't planned. Um, it just it just happened. So yeah, that that was a really 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 good period um, for my family and myself and the club, obviously. But a really good period for my family personally. Was, I scored a good goal and the fact that he was he was born as well, you know, double whammy. Yeah, indeed. Obviously, we got into the playoffs then. 
obviously got Birmingham, beat them in the first leg. The second mm. leg went went to penalties. Mm-hmm. As a fan at the time, it was nerve wracking, but mm-hmm. for a player, I can only imagine it, it was it was much worse. Watching those penalties being taken. The worst thing in a football match is penalties. As a player, the worst, the worst thing. Anything can happen at the penalties. Obviously, if you're a team that's been under the cost and you get the penalties, great. But probably if you're a team that's on top and you get the penalties, tender hooks. I mean, like, yeah, we was all on tender hooks, but fortunately we came through in the end. Yeah, and Alec Chamberlain with with that mm-hmm. that winning penalty, how how much of an impact did he have in that dressing room? Massive, massive. Him was a massive impact. It seemed when I came in and, and the, the season I came in and the first season I came in, the team was was trans, it was going through a transitional stage. So I didn't come in to probably help myself and anyone else that was coming in at that time. But when I came into the team, the, the actual club and the team weren't really was you know it was it wasn't really doing it doing much to be honest. And then. Graham brought myself in and a few other players and we just all really really clicked you know the people that was there before up their game the people the people that came in understood what was required from them and you know that to perform and I think Alec was one of them again that, that done really well under Graham when I was there anyway done really really well he was a big character in the tenure and you know we, we relied on him and he, and he stood up a lot of times for us which was great and obviously after that going to Wembley and we pull off the win over, over Bolton is that is that the greatest day in your career? Can can you sum up your emotions on that day? It was an incredible day for the club. Uh, yeah, it's got to be one of my definitely one of my, my, my fondest days in football. Still getting promoted at Wembley. You know, before we started the game, we had a feeling we were going to win the game. To be fair, and it would have been a travesty if we'd have lost the game. Even when we, I mean, we we just the momentum was with us and in the chain on the way to Wembley. The whole vibe, the only word I could use is the word vibe. The vibe was just a positive, uplifting vibe at the time. And we, we knew we were going to win. We knew it. We knew we were going to win. But we had a few chances in the game. I remember as well, early on, they could have they could have got one early, but they didn't. And we went on and took hold of the game and won it. But we knew, we thought we were going to win before the game. Even after the game, we looked at some of the, we looked at the Bolton players. Because I remember we spoke about, we looked, I looked at some of the Bolton players and they were distraught, but they didn't. They didn't seem as distraught as we would have been if we would have lost the game. If that made sense, we we, we felt that we was going to win. And luckily, we did. To be honest, but I can remember vividly remember a feeling before the game that we're going to win this game. That was in the changing room, and that was that was throughout the team. What what gave you that confidence in, in the changing know. room? I don't know. I'm not sure. We was a confident team, really. Graham had put together a, a, an assembly of people that come from lower leagues and probably the. The fair factor was that we weren't as fearful, like myself. I wasn't so fearful, you know. I've, I've, I've come into a team from Cambridge and we've done well and we was going up. So we was all like up. I can only describe it as that. Maybe if you've got experience players, um, but this is the this is the manager genius. Maybe if you've got experience players to get what for that, maybe they're gone up. But because these, the, when you get experience, you then get a little bit of fear in your football. You do. You get older and you start to get a bit fearful. But our team was young and vibrant. When you're young, you've got no fear. You, care, you don't mm-hmm. care about anything. You just go out and do what you want to do and take the information on and run as hard as you can and play as hard as you can and enjoy what you're doing and don't think about too much stuff. That's what it felt like what with the seven years I was there. Uh, especially the early years, definitely. The first five, six years, that's exactly what it felt like. I was playing just for, for fun, playing for Graham for mm. fun and going and enjoying my football. That is why I knew he was going to win the game because that's, what it, it, that's how it was the season. I remember the season, we done really well. Graham got ill. Kenny took over. When Graham, the, the season was done really well. We had a little bit of a dip. Graham got ill, Kenny took over, we started climbing again and we was on the, we started winning games again. And we went into that Wembley game winning. We went in there with a good feeling, albeit off the back of the Birmingham thing. Again, that uplifted us because we won a penalty, so we were buzzing as well. So we just had, I just had that feeling we were going to win. 
and I can vividly remember that's one game as well that I remember that in the training room we're going to win this game <laughs> I did remember that's only probably the only game I really can remember thinking that I probably did think about that often in most games but I can remember probably because it was a big game it was at Wembley that we're going to win so no one played with any fear um, like I said when you get a bit more experienced players they tend not to do maybe the things that you you do as you get older you'll get more experienced you get older in the game you don't play with that fearlessness you know you, you play a bit more maybe with a little bit more trepidation mm. that you you know but we, we didn't That's, that was a good and the, the team we were playing against were more experienced than us they had good players their fans and that international they were good players you know they they, they were favourites probably to go up because they had the strongest team had a bigger budget than us they were a, a stronger team than us but they didn't play with the, 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 the spirit that we played with it's not because they didn't have the spirit I just believe it because they were so experienced that they didn't have that fearlessness in their game, which we had at the, t- at the time. At the time, that that what you were saying there. I've spoken to to Lloyd Doyley since, and he was saying how when it was the 2006 playoff final at Wembley, how oh, the Millennium Stadium rather, but in the tunnel, it, 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 it just reminds me so much because he was saying that in the tunnel at the Millennium Stadium, he just knew that Watford were going to win. And what you were saying there, it just reminds me so much of that. Um, but that game is obviously remembered for. The Nicky Wright's goal was played yeah. so much. I think he might have outdone your, your one against against Bolton, but uh, yeah, what, well, what a fantastic goal, yeah. wasn't it? That was a great goal. I've got to be going down as one of the goals of Wembley. I can't see, he's got to be in the top 10, surely, of the goals of Wembley being scored at the old Wembley. He has to be, because an over a kick is a, is a good goal, a special goal at any, any, any level, let alone for us to go one up and then go on and win the game. So, yeah, that was a great goal. You can have that accolade, to be fair, better. <laughs> anything you've ever done that was better than me at the time I was at the club anyway, so you can have that. <laughs> and obviously, you, you played a lot, a lot alongside Richard Johnson in midfield too. Um, that, that partnership was, was so important for Watford in that season when, when they, they won at, um, at Wembley to, to beat Bolton. What was he like, like to play with? And it seemed like, such a, it seemed like you had such a great understanding on the pitch as well. Because we got on so well off the pitch. That's what it was. We got on so well off the pitch. Um, I don't know how, why. Like that, that was a that was a relationship that just when I came to the club, it just maybe maybe competition, maybe 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 because of the competition, I come to the club and but relationship that me and Jono had was, was was solid. It was a solid relationship on and off the pitch. So I, he couldn't get away with things, and I couldn't get away with things in training. So if he done something in training that I wasn't happy about, I'll tell him it's not what that's not what that's not what we're gonna do. So even vice versa. So we worked as a team. So we respected each other and we didn't rest on our laurels. I wouldn't allow him not to do what he's meant to do and he wouldn't allow me not to do what I was meant to do and so forth. So we had a great chemistry. Um, that's, that's the only way you can put it, really. Um, I played with Mishwadi before, but obviously the combination of me and Jonah was formidable. Mm. I would say I brought the goal and Jonah brought the power. So it was a great, great combination. Absolutely. That sounds so good. Uh, that reminds me a little bit of Decore and Capoue for Watford this season as well, but we'll come back to, to them later. Obviously, yeah. after that, that Bolton game, you see the pictures of Elton John crying in the stands at, at Wembley. Did you ever get to meet Elton? And, and if he did, what, what was he like as a, as a chairman? No, it was cool. It wasn't, it wasn't one of the... It was cool. I met him several times, four or five times. He came into the training room a few times. We won games and stuff. It was just cool. Um, just chilled and wasn't one of them people to stand up and be told the court when he came and saw us. He just came into the hangar and said a couple of things and then he just was spoke to his people and we just can't remember what he was doing. It was very casual, nothing, I think. Nothing where you, you know, where you, you starstruck or anything like that, although he was. <laughs> he didn't make you feel like that, if that makes mm. sense. He just came and he was very cool. So we, we got to meet him a few a couple of times. I remember 
I could tell you a story yeah. I heard the other day as well that he when we got promoted, he said to Graham he he wanted to take, send us away, take us away. He wanted to. Uh, after, I think it was after the first promotion. I possibly was. It was after the first year. Anyway, he wanted to send the, the squad away because we got promoted as a treat. You know, we got we got going out anywhere to mm. give us a treat. And Grant said no. Grant said no, 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 no. I don't want him to. I don't want him to go away. He wants us to, to keep be focused. This is this is an insight into Graham. You see, so when we did get promoted, like I said, it wasn't jumping up and down and all that when we first went from the second division to the first. It was like well done, you know, very good, well done, brilliant celebration, and it was back to work. So that gives you an insight, you know, because I've been at clubs before we've got promoted. I've been at Peterborough, we've got promoted. We've been at clubs and we've, they've sent the, 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 the squad away, which is fine. But Graham said, this is a story. I don't know if it's true. But Graham said to Elton, no, 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 no. Don't, don't give him anything, you know. And I like that, you see, because as, as a professional person, I, I respect that because my, our job is to go out there and perform. That's, that's our job. We get paid for that. So when we win, I don't think it should be a thing where you get rewarded too much it's for me in my opinion you go back there you win fantastic but that's what we're that's, that's the aim that's, that's the goal that's what we're out there to do we're meant to go and try and win so if, you, if you're a footballer and you go and win I don't think you should anyone should get over excited about it because obviously that's what you're trying to do it's like if you're a striker and you score goals that's your job if you're a goalkeeper and you defend your shots that's your job so when people do their job I don't know why people get over excited about it for me that's that's what they're meant to be doing that's why they get paid that's why they've been selected that's why they're been given the opportunity to go and perform, and Graham had that, and I had that in my in my, my mental side. So that's an interesting story. I thought, wow. and I thought that's very that's very much a Graham Taylor. No, they don't need to be rewarded for doing well. So, <laughs> so take it, take it didn't have a much of a um, a celebration the following season then either. <laughs> yeah, we did. The players do. Don't worry about we we had a celebration. <laughs> As players, we celebrated. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but it's not something where he would promote too much. You yeah. know, and I can understand why. I can I can completely understand why. Yeah, it's not, you know, I could completely understand why, and I've taken that into my co- into my coaching career a little bit as well, letting the players understand a little bit. You, you know, well done, you, you've done well. That's what you're meant to be doing. And if you do something great, don't get too excited by it because that's that's what you're meant to be trying to do. Just try and keep that consistency. And that's yeah. the brand. Never too high, never too it. low. I think is, is no, the same. Exactly, that. absolutely. Just keep a happy, a nice, happy medium. So that if you do well, you, that's good. If you if you don't do well, then don't beat yourself up. Don't. You know, get back on the on the horse, as they say, and keep going. And you had that in him, and that was good. That was really good. And and obviously after after beating Bolton into the into the Premier League, how did you find pl- playing in the in the top division for you? And obviously it didn't didn't pan out as hope for us. Why what, what do you think it maybe didn't go as as the as the plan? I, I think maybe the club just being cautious mm. um, on a on a business level. Let's kind of try and see what we can do. You know, the aspirations was to probably stay in the league. But I don't think they they didn't spend the money. They didn't spend a lot of money because of that. You know, we've seen clubs like Bradford, Leeds. We've seen clubs go out and spend big and try and stay in the Premiership, and, and it didn't work. And then they're hampered with these players on bigger contracts. You know, playing in the Championship, they can't get rid of. I think Watford did it very cautiously when we went up. They got players in, and they got a, 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 a select a kind of players, Alan Nielsen, Epson Barstow, and Willie Rosenthal. They got a select kind of players. Mm. That they probably thought, you know, that's not that's 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 not too much of a gamble. They've got Premiership experience, add them to what we've got, and then see what we do. Um, that went to the case, but I could understand the the thought behind it personally. I can I can I could see what there was, the thought because they could have went and said, right, let's, because if they wanted to go and spend loads of money, me and John might not have played. You know, they might have got rid of me and John. I've got two more experienced players that have played in the Premiership mm. and paid them the money they paid them and. Going to stay in the Premiership so they can continue that momentum. Obviously, being in the Prem, keep getting that money every year, but they didn't. They chose to stick by the core, really, and add to it. And I respect, obviously, as a player, 
it's perfect for me because I'm playing. But as a on a business level, as a club on a whole, I think they thought about, you know, maybe let's be cautious. We've banked a lot of money here from the Premiership. Let's see if we can keep some money. If we do go down, we've got some money, we've got a chance to go up. And their method of thinking has obviously proved right because where they stand now is in the Premiership. So mm-hmm. all of that is, you know, all that, what's happened seven years ago at the time of where they are now, obviously if they planned it right because Bradford's not in the Premiership, now are Leeds. Mm-hmm. And they're massive clubs, do you understand? That's yeah, gone absolutely. Down. So I, I can't commend Watford. And I understood it anyway at the time. We, as players, you know, we respected it because we got the team up and the most of us stayed there and played in the prep. So they helped. What was fantastic for most of us in our careers. Because mm. we could have been we could have been dismissed, to be fair, couldn't we? And they could have gone and bought players. Absolutely. You see some of like, the teams yeah, now, like, like Fulham exactly. did, they just ripped the whole, exactly. whole team off. It, it didn't, didn't go too well that for them, work. obviously, this season. So that's, exactly. that's, to, that's to Watford's credit there. And obviously your form for Watford as well led to you being called up for Jamaica as well and making yeah. making your international debut. So that, that must have been a, a proud yeah. moment for you and something you still look look back on with, with fond memories. Yeah, and and even Graham had an influence on that, a big influence on that, to be fair. More influence probably than my parents and myself. Because I remember I, I should have played. I got called up a year before I actually went to play for Jamaica when we were in the Prem. And I said, when Graham said to me, Jamaica, we had to, he, he told, called me in the office and told me, they've called me up and blah, blah, whatnot. And we had a conversation. And I said to him, I remember saying to him, what do you think I, could, I should do? Because we just got promoted mm. in the Prem. And cut a long story short, we both come to the conclusion that I should focus on my domestic football. And I kind of put off playing for Jamaica for a year. So the call, when I did actually play for Jamaica, it was a year after they had already originally called me up. So, yeah, it was a great pleasure, you know, to have a prestigious thing to play for your country, represent a country, and I'm really proud of it. But the fact is that me and Brad did sit down before and we we decided probably 70, 75% more on Graham's side that I should probably concentrate on this premiership season first before I think about flying all over the place and playing for, for Jamaica. Mm. So that's an interesting story. But yeah, that was great. It was great to be recognised while I was playing for Watford internationally. That's, that's interesting there because um, yeah. obviously Troy Deeney is, has been linked with Jamaica before. I've read sort of bits and pieces where I think Jamaica have spoken to him, but he decided to to hold out for England as well. And I think what you were saying there now, obviously the England call-up doesn't look like it's, it's going to come about for, for Troy, unfortunately, because it appears that he doesn't really fit into to Gareth Southgate's plans. I think a player of him would probably like to play international football, but the age he is out, I suppose all, all that travelling, uh, which you mentioned there, is, when he's at the peak of his career, he's, he's 30, he's, in, he's the captain of a Premier League team. I suppose all that travelling is not going not gonna to help him because he, he might need all that all the time in the international breaks to help him to recover from, from any injuries. And I, I suppose he's at a stage of his career now as well where he, he just wants to focus on playing in the Premier League as well, I think. So Absolutely. I, I, I found that I found that found that quite interesting what you were saying there as well, um, but but playing for Jamaica as well obviously after um, Graham Taylor left Gianluca Vialli came in um, mm-hmm. I know the Vialli era isn't one that somewhat for fans like to remember too fondly but I've heard I've heard for, um, for, from Lloyd Doyle actually that as a coach he he got on quite well with him and thought he was he was quite a good coach so I'm interested to hear what, what you thought of him as well. Yeah, I think so. I think he wasn't, he wasn't a, a bad coach as a coach. Yeah, his man management skills was poor, if you ask me. Mm. I mean, I'm talking personally and generally, his his his, his management skills. So you he, he he, you've got coaches, you got coaches that set him one way and they've got one thing in their mind and that's it. Whatever happens, they're gonna do one thing. Graham mm. wasn't like that. And there's a lot of coaches that are not like that. They have a philosophy, they have an idea, but they're kind of flexible. Vialli was a good coach, but he weren't flexible. Mm. So he came and he changed a lot of things, which was 
worked for the positive. He tried to do things that were positive. He tried to copy what he knows from where he's come from, which he's going to, obviously, because you draw upon your experiences to, to progress, so you draw upon what you know, which is what he did. But when he, he took us over, he made probably too many changes, not too soon, just too many changes mm. drastically. Yeah. And then what he'd done personnel-wise, like I said to you, if he would have been in charge with us when we got promoted for the championship, he would have ripped up the whole team and run yeah. a whole different team. Yeah. We probably would have got relegated and done really well. He was that sort of manager. So he didn't respect what was in front of him to mm. me. He didn't allow himself to come see and know him for the players that was in front of him wow. and then yeah. make his decisions. What he did, he come in and had a mind, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this. And he did it. <laughs> it didn't work. No. <laughs> it didn't work. Instead of assessing exactly what he had first, you're in his mind, I'm bringing Philippe Gale, I want to bring in this one, I want to bring in that one, I want to bring in this one. I want to bring he could see that he already had that when he came. That's, that's what he was on. So there were people like me, for example, I had to convince him again that, you know, I, want, I'm in, I deserve to be in this team. I, I'm going to be playing. There's no one... And that's what I had to do, which was fine. But there's a lot of players that weren't probably weren't strong enough to to to, to ride that out. To be honest with you, there was mm. there's players that, that got o- overwhelmed by him as a person, not as a, a, a character, but by the, what he was doing, his philosophy of bringing players in, and then he was going to stop a house and sleep in, and mm. then bringing again, and then which is fine. But he, he did have an idea when he came in. I'm, that's what, that was not for me. That was not for me. And then he bringing a lot of players that weren't good enough. Mm. I ain't gonna mention names, yeah. but he bringing players from the Premiership that I played in the Premiership at bigger clubs where they could hide basically in other bigger clubs because if you're a big club and you're just playing here and there you can hide literally yeah. you can hide because yeah. other players are doing your job so you bring players in that had to do things for Watford because you can't hide now no. you're a smaller club absolutely you in, do your job and they couldn't do their job because they just couldn't do it and that's mm-hmm. where it's forward so he didn't understand what he was, what he was doing really, as far as the, the group of people that he was he was inheriting and the club and the way the club was set that he inherited he he, he tried to change it too drastically and it didn't yeah. work. But as 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 coaching, well, it was fine. Football was great, you know. Training was fine and things was fine like that. It wasn't wasn't it was it was it was good to learn. Ray Ray Wilkins was brilliant, absolutely brilliant for mm. him. Me, he was he was outstanding. He was someone that I used to talk to a lot and he used to he used to encourage the way I played. Ray did a lot. He said, you know, he appreciated my way. So for me, the whole experience was very, very good. Mm. It wasn't for you. I mean, I want to learn certain things, you know, you learn from every experience. And that was just another experience. Mm. And, and after after Viali after Viali's season, uh, Ray Lewington came came and took over. What was he like as as a coach? And obviously, Ray Lewington's period was was a difficult time for for the club off the pitch, uh, yeah. close to going into administration due to the collapse of ITV Digital. Reports at the time of, of players having to take a twelve percent wage correct. cut. Um, so correct. it was it that must have been a, a difficult time for you as well, and for and for all the players in, in the dressing room. Yeah, it was a difficult time for us, but it was good because we was all in it together. So it wasn't that bad. It was a collective thing. So it was all taking the pay cut. So it was okay. If that made sense, different, mm. different if they asked yeah. certain people to say one. But we was all in it together. So it was fine. It was a difficult time for Ray because Ray was a good coach. He was more of a coach than a manager. He was a really good coach. So we had to put on his manager's hat on. And it, it was a difficult time for, for him, really. Um, and he done well, though. Ray, Ray, he done, he done really well. I remember we had a, a good, honest relationship. Uh, relationship. And when I was leaving the club as well, we had a good, honest conversation. And I respect him for that. I'll always, always respect him for that. Mm. Um, and he was, a, he was a good guy, Ray. A, re- a really good guy. A really genuine, a genuine person, you know. A bit like, a bit like um, Ray Wilkins, to be fair. Mm. 
like, honest in the way they went about their business. Mm. Just a difficult time for him, really, to be fair. When you say Ray was, was honest with you with you leaving the club, was it was that him being honest and saying that you perhaps wasn't going to get another contract or that other people would, had come in for you or the club wasn't going to be able to, to maybe afford your wages? In what way was, was he honest with you? Um, I've never been one. So I've never was never one of the people to go in. And wages was never an issue really with Watford and myself. Um, it's really the season. My season wasn't. A, my season I left. If there's any, if there's anything, I didn't really leave and give the fans uh, a send off. I would like to have given the fans yeah. to really receive to give the fans. I didn't really get to give them a send off. I would have liked to give them as in performances wise and then said goodbye and left. I was going through. I've never been injured before Watford, and I'm going through a bit of a. And in and out season, I had a bit of an injury and I was in and out and my form went great. I remember Ray saying to me, look, there's a contract here for you. Maybe at the beginning of the season, my contract was running out. And he said to me, there's a contract here for you at the beginning of the season. I said, okay, great. Then as the season progressed, he said to me, we had another conversation. He said to me, look, um, the doors, like, you know, there, there's, there's a couple offers from other people and that, you know, you know, you should talk to him sort of thing if you're going to talk to him. And he said, but the door's like still open for you. Mm. So really, basically, what you were really saying to me is like, you know, we don't really want to give you a contract, you know, you might have to look elsewhere. But he said it in a nice way, that like, mm. in, a, in, a, in a nice way, but cut a long story short, there was more than saying to me, look, if you can't find something, then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do. That was, that's more or less what, what he said. But he said it in a, in a genuine way, you know, he said it in a, uh, a compassionate way. You know, in a, in a, in a human, humane way, if that makes sense. And mm. I've, I've, I've seen managers that ain't like that. They don't talk like that. They they talk to the player like, well, your time's over. Get out, sort of thing, without being so crude. But he wasn't. He was he was cool. And I respected that, you know. I respected that. I already knew that anyway. I already thought that in my that year that this would probably be it for me. And it was just sad for myself, on reflection as well, that I didn't really give the fans a performance or get a send-off I would have liked to have given or they would have, I would have hoped they would have, given me if that makes sense and I kind of just the season was sending I kind of just left basically mm. what happened and then Bernie coming for me I signed a contract and I was, that was it really but yeah that's completely understandable because uh, look, I know Lloyd Doyle didn't perhaps get the, the send off that he he would have deserved as well. But on yeah. the other hand, I've seen you've done a couple of the, the tales from the vicarage events. Uh, yeah, when yeah, I when yeah. I when I messaged when I messaged uh, uh, put out on Twitter that I was speaking to you today as well, a lot of messages from people from saying how much that they remember you and what a fantastic player you were and people saying you, you chant as well. So it, it was what, yeah. on one hand that you disappointed that you perhaps didn't get the send off that you deserved, but on the other hand you, you must be proud of that in the high regard that that Watford still the Watford fans still hold you as well. Absolutely, the the the, the, the feedback I get from Watford fans now and then after losing is, is tremendous. The, the, the things they say and um, I felt that at the time. I felt that at the time. There's times I played for Watford, and the, the the fans were in more and more for me sometimes, I and mean, maybe they didn't think I was performing as well as I can. Because when I was when I had a good game, I had a good game, and if I had an average game, they probably might have got playing as well as he should. I saw that during the years. But that comes with respect. I respect that, you know. I saw that as a testament to myself, really. You know, if, they, if they're demanding for me every week, but I'm playing every week, it's great. Now I've, I'm a former player now. I, I can feel the love I have from them. I can feel the love back. That makes sense. Tenfold. So it's great, you know. It's, it's, it's really, it's really, it's really it's pleasing. It's very, very pleasing. I remember what, just, just touching on that, on the 20th anniversary, we had a 20th anniversary mm. recently mm. where all of us got together. And in the programme, there was a programme. And I was looking through the programme, looking at the stats in the programme. And mm. the stats in the programme, it said how many games I played. And I was probably, I think I was the top, the second from top cloud that played the most games during the period that we got promoted. Mm. 
and and things like that you don't remember. I didn't remember, I didn't realize anything like that. I didn't realize some of the games I played packed uh, every game. I didn't realize that uh, the whole squad and they got promoted. But fans will remember that. I didn't remember that, but the fans probably will remember that. And that's the, that's the feeling I get from them when I, when I see them, or greet them, or my random, which is which is which is very nice. Mm. Very nice. And you were saying earlier about coaches needing to be adaptable and very flexible. I certainly feel that Watford have that in at the moment in Javi Gracia. He, he's changed his system a couple of times during his time here. He's played 4-4-2. He's played 3-5-2, 4-4-1-1, you name it. And, and he, he's changed the formation for, for a game. How, how impressed have you been by him since he came to Watford? And obviously this season was largely a successful one for Watford in, in the top 10 for, for a large part this season. Just finished outside it due to the last couple of games. And... Obviously, made the cup final as well, which didn't go as as, as we hoped it would with with the scoreline. But but playing Manchester City obviously is a, is a, is a tough one when when you when you play them in the final. But how do you think Watford have, have done this season and their pro- progression under Javi Garcia? Brilliant, in one word, brilliant. I think they've done brilliantly well this season. I think, uh, like I said, I was a bit. I thought that I was underwhelmed by the previous managers in the last four years. Mm. I wasn't always impressed by any of them, to be honest with you. Uh, I wasn't impressed by any of them, so even I got promoted. I wasn't impressed with the way the team was playing. I thought the team was too industrious. Right? Yeah. There wasn't much creativity going on, you know, just too industrious for me. And I that Harvey Garcia's come in and he's, 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 he's built on, he's, he's put creativity in the team. The team's exciting now to watch, you know, we can defend, we've got good defenders at the back, you know, we've got. We've got midfielders that can get box to box and score goals. We've got mm. people on the wing that can come in and score goals. We've got we've got Trudini up front. We've got and so to me he's done brilliantly well by creating that. You know, he's, he's been flexible and he's created it and he's changed the formation. Mm. So the problem that he's gonna have for himself now, he's got to live up to that reputation now. He's he's gonna have to go and do that again this season. Because the back end of the season, if I was being honest as a Watford fan, I went too impressed with the fact that we could have finished in the top seven possibly. We could have yeah. got a bit more money for the club, but we kinda went into that FA Cup final off a back of three losses. Yeah. But that cannot take away the test that cannot take away what they've achieved during the season. It cannot for me. Uh, for me they've had a great season and all I can hope is that they can continue building on it. Um looking at Watford now, you've got to look at them now and think, well, you know, they've got to be looking for the top seven Yeah, absolutely. Without doubt, without doubt. Without I don't expect that is not an over expectation. Like I said to you before, these players, this is their job. They put a team out, they're good. The fans expect you now to go and push for top seven because we're seeing what you can do this season. And that's a credit to Javi Garcia and his, his backroom staff. So I just hope he can just, and the team can build on it. And I think they will. I do. I think I think they will build on it. I think that the, the fact they got to the final was brilliant. The fact that they were playing Man City for me was a double-edged sword because I didn't think what would beat, beat Man City because Man City are a very good team. Mm. Very, very good team. Mm. The only thing I was hoping is that the scoreline wouldn't be as it was. But even so, the actual whole season because I was at the game it was a good game but even even so their season has been tremendous and I hope Javi Garcia hangs around for a little bit longer and he continues his, continues his success the problem is if he does too well that someone will take him absolutely Link, links <laughs> with the Chelsea yeah. job yeah. at the yeah. moment yeah. but it seems like that's going yeah. to Frank Lampard I completely yeah. agree with what you were saying there about Watford needing to push for the, for the top seven I think that's, that's the on. consensus among the fans now as well just lastly if Watford yeah. are to, to, to push for top seven where do you think they do need to improve there's a sort of a feeling among the fans that we do need a, a potential another centre back and maybe another striker as well as a as a backup for Troy. Would you agree with that? For sure, I agree with that. I think they need a we need someone backup for Troy. Whether they got someone coming through the system, through the academy, I don't know, or through the system. But strikers, as we all know, 
uh, good strikers uh, are very expensive. The ones that we know are uh, proper goal scorers are very expensive. So it's gonna have, you're going to have to go into the market and then find some of the scores goals in a, in a different league and then hopefully they can come and you know, back up and be a successful Watson. But yeah, I think we need probably another centre-half and, and, a, and a striker. I think the midfield's pretty strong. I do like the midfield. The midfield's strong. Mm. Uh, the full-backs last season were a little bit, but now you're banging the full-back and Hollywood has been doing better because of the competition. Yes, absolutely. So I think I think we need to get a possible, if, if we can, another striker that could help us up front and maybe a centre-half for so Case Gaspar or can I say let's get into it because they've yes. done well this season as well but yeah. they've done well as a partnership so we need someone probably to, to back them up I really hope you enjoyed my chat with Michael Hyde and there were some great stories in there about Graham Taylor uh, Elton John and it was great to hear what he's up to now and about those celebrations at Wembley as well which will, which will never ever be forgotten if you have enjoyed this podcast please do like share and subscribe you can find it on SoundCloud and iTunes by searching a trip down Vicarage Road we're also on Twitter as well if you go on Twitter and search at Vicarage Road pod you'll be able to find us there you can also follow me on Twitter as well at Bradley Hayden 11 um, and if you've got any future ideas, any any further guests that you'd like to see on the show, please feel free to drop me an email on a trip down Vicarage Road at gmail.com or you can tweet me on at Bradley Hayden 11 or at Vicarage Road Pod. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with a, a Watford legend who was a one club man during his time at Vicarage Road, came through the academy ranks and spent his whole career with the club. More details on that will be revealed in due course. Um, but thanks again for listening in um, and please do like, share and subscribe and look forward to seeing you soon.